15, the throne of grace. Thank you, Lord, that we can always find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you so much, Father, that giving us an awareness of our need for you, our desire to have you in our lives as our God, our maker, our creator, our Lord, our master. All of the things that help us in life, we put you in that place. And so we thank you, Lord, that we can look to you for everything that we need. We honor you and we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. So we're going to talk about um, remembering things past, question mark. <laughs> amen. <laughs> remembering things past, question mark. Praise the Lord. It's always good to know that God has guidance and help for us at all points in life. He really does. There is never a time where we shall feel lost, abandoned, um, without plans, without understanding. uh, Because the Bible says the entrance of God's word brings light. So that takes care of your lost feeling and understanding even to the simple. But we got to let God's word enter in. Amen. We've got to seek God through his word. And and I can tell you that that is one of the one things that Christians lose sight of more quickly than anything else is the connection that we must keep with God through his word. And, uh, and and I'm, I'm a person who has a history of having been healed totally by the word of God and been restored and saved. And so I understand the power of the word of God, but I understand also that there are times where we will slack off on our attentiveness to God's word. We will get lost in the, the uh, carnal mindset, the things of the world, the things that we come into contact with that have nothing to do with God's kingdom but it's easy to get lost in there and then get your get caught up in some kind of darkness and so what God wants to do is continue to remind us and bring us into remembrance of his purpose and his plan in our lives and draw us back to him always drawing us back to him he's he's a close father to to his children amen and he always wants to be close to us there are times when you as natural parents you kind of cut the cut the cord you know lock the door change the locks or whatever y'all do when y'all kids get grown and get to moving on out change your address change your hair change your name you know how y'all can get lost from them, them little clingers you know the ones that like to cling But God is not like that. Amen. He is attentive to our cry. And see, that makes him a perfect parent because he knows when to step in, when to step back. But he's always going to be attentive to our cry. When when we cry out for him, he he is he is alert and awake and aware and responsive to that cry. And and only God can work that like that. You as a natural parent, you ain't that good. Because, you know, you got some little flicksters in the, y'all have raised some little flicksters out there. They know how to cry and convince you it's desperate. And then they take the money you gave them and spend it on, you know what I'm talking about. 
but God. Amen. So God knows how to do things perfectly, but he is always attentive to the cry of his people. And, and that's a good thing because whenever you have that feeling of aloneness, uh, loss, cut off, bewildered, uh, instead of whining to people about your situation, cry out to God because he always will hear you and he always has a remedy for you. Sometimes just knowing he's there to listen to you and he gives you a scripture to cling to is enough to get you to the next wherever you're going. Amen. The next hard place, I guess, for a lot of us it's that way. But uh, it's just good to know that's God's nature. That's never going to change. He's always going to. And if you can fix your heart and your mind on that and understand how precious and how important that is. That he's never forsaking you. He's never too far away from you. But he wants you to learn how to draw near to him. Amen. And and stay close to him. And so we all fall away. We stray. We get caught up. You know, God will bless us with something. We run off and start enjoying it in the flesh. And don't show up again at his doorstep till it's all gone. Huh? Broke, busted, disgusted. So we show up on God's doorstep and condemnation sets in and you don't think he's going to help you because you know you're wrong. You got me? And so it's like that. But God has a way of helping us to know that everything's forgiven. It's all good. Huh? One love. Whatever. We one love, bro. That's the way. That's the way it is with us and God. Amen. It's one love. Amen. And and we are the apple of his eye. Amen. We're it as far as he's concerned. We're the ultimate. Because he gave his life for us. If we ain't it, I don't know what is. I know you don't feel like you it all the time. That's That's okay with him. Amen. That's totally, perfectly fine with him. He loves you anyway. In spite of yourself. In spite of what you did wrong, in spite of how you messed everything up, huh? <laughs> I mean, if you were to really look at your circumstances, you say, ain't nothing right but my address, and I ain't sure about that. <laughs> Seriously. And, and, and you know, and, and but but we don't live in that realm of everything being wrong, and we don't have to. And God doesn't want us to live in the land of I'm wrong all the time. He wants us to live in the land of glory, where He's right and He's everything, and He gives our, His full attention to us. So remembering things past, Amen. A year is a time given to us by God to evaluate and set goals. God gave us the year. I know we, all these uh, trivia buffs, you know, and uh, uh, what calendar do we observe in this uh, nation, all this kind of stuff. We give credit to all these different people for developing calendars. But the Bible says God determines times, which is a year, and seasons. So he developed the four seasons to fall into a span of time we know as a year. 
So man didn't invent that Pope Gregory or whoever they, as the calendar we go by, I don't care whose name you stick on it, God determines times and seasons and he knows what he developed time for and how he developed seasons. Praise God. Uh, Miss Nola, can you help me with this? I didn't got myself all combobulated. I'm trying to get this underneath so it doesn't keep jerking on me. If y'all just go ahead and turn. Look, everybody looking now trying to say, I knew she was stuck together with some kind of glue. Oh, you know what? The nice thing, this sna- unsnaps back here. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't want y'all to, yeah, it's, see if you can unsnap that. We'll put this underneath and snap me back together again. Praise the Lord. Wardrobe. Makeup. <laughs> Everything. All right, that's that's close. I think we got it, and then we'll put the pack back on it. Yeah, I'm good. See, I didn't even have to inhale. Yeah, thank you, April. April bought me this nice belt, and she just keep me hooked up. Right. And it's it's big enough, and I ain't offended. So you know that. <laughs> that's pretty good. So praise God. You know how these people get you your size, and you. I'll wear that, you know, I'm, I'm good with this, you know, it's all good up in here, good in the hood, okay, I think that's better, <laughs> praise God, so a year allows enough time for accomplishments and planning for future endeavors, see, as believers, we should never be living in doubt, question, Limbo, a place called Limbo, (laughs) out in the middle of nowhere. We should all be living in an activity and a hope and a plan and in faith. That that really describes faith. Living in faith and living by faith. So that year allows enough time for accomplishments. These are set accomplishments. And while we're accomplishing, we should always have in mind plans for future endeavors. A year is the time allotted for counting our age. Now I know some of y'all, I know a lot of y'all be setting the clock back and forgetting the leave. Uh, how old am I? See, when we start asking that, we, you're in trouble already. Got somebody else keeping up with your years. We are expected to accomplish something in a year's time. You have deadlines. You have expectations. There is a seriousness implied when we count years. You know, it's it's like the, the implication is something must happen because a year has gone by. Uh, like we'll say, make statements like, well, how old are you? You know, and then when somebody say, how old are you? Mm, that means for your age, something's off kilter. You, you got me? Or we'll say things like, well, how long you been in school? You ought to be, now they used to say that to me all the time. You ought to be done by now. Ah, one more thing I want to do. I don't want to work. <laughs> that was usually my statement. You know, I don't need to go because I don't. Be, the other option is not desirable right now. But uh, years help us to know. 
that we don't have a lot of time left to accomplish things and we don't have time to waste and we must get something to show for that that passage of time so a year sets a beginning and an end and there's what's in between is what we make of it see you're in control of what you do in that span of time but as years add up you begin to know that you have less of them left and so years begin to kind of uh, pressure us in some ways uh, when you're very young you're waiting for years to pass so you can get old enough to sit behind the wheel of that and make your parents nervous. Now they'll go along with you. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, you're gonna drive me, but they sweating it all the time. Then you finally get the keys to the car. You realize it ain't such a big thing. So now mom and dad want to relax, and you go to the store and ah, ma, same old, same old. And so years bring a certain anticipation, a certain accomplishment, and joy. But they also can work against us if we don't know how to set goals and we don't know how to make accomplishments and we don't somehow know how to tap into God's uh, intent with the year and, and that span of time and what it means. When a year closes, it's customary for us to ma- for man to reflect on the past year. We set goals for the new year which we call resolutions. We resolve to do whatever. Where we are determined to do the thing we failed to do in the past year. You have to know that that is contrary to God's plan for the year. So the way we look at it in the natural, the way the world looks at it is contrary. It's opposite. It doesn't cooperate with what God's plan for the year is it's okay to reevaluate when a year passes but God's plan is for each year to be forgiven you got me of all high crimes misdemeanors all you perpetrators and junior perpetrators It must be forgiven and forgotten, and the mind of God then is adopted and accepted. So you're not counting years. You're not thinking years. You're not um, planning based on years, but you're into the mind of God, which is eternal, even though down here on earth time is ticking and years are going by. So here you have eternity meeting a temporal force. And so we have to understand that eternity must win out if the year is going to really mean what it's supposed to mean. And if God's plan is to be carried out and if you're going to live in joy. And if you're going to live in peace and happiness, we have to understand what God means with time and what he means with the passing of the year. Isaiah 43:18 if you'll turn there we get the mind of God about these things. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 43 verse 18 he says remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. Huh? 
Now that word remember is kind of interesting. Remember means to to hold it in your mind, in the now place in your mind. So whatever happens in life to you, where you're going depends on how what you say, what we say, process, how you process it. Do you remember it or do you forget it? Remembering really means to make an effort to hold it in your mind. Yeah, some people say uh, some things are so traumatic you just can't forget them. You can. There are a lot of people. I forgot a lot of trauma and drama in my life. Why I choose to. And you do too. Some of the stuff you do wrong, you forget. People say, you remember so-and-so. I don't remember that. Because you was the perpetrator. That's that's what all perps say. They tell you that when you your lawyer, your uh, court-appointed lawyer will tell you when you get in there, you don't remember nothing. Huh? That's kind of standard operating procedure for people now going before court. You know, instead of lying, they just say they don't remember. Huh? And so remembering and forgetting very often is selective. We can select what we remember. We can select what we forget. We want to forget Sin, wrong. Why? Because when you remember them, certain things show up, certain little demons show up like guilt, fear, lying, huh? blaming. All of those things show up when guilt shows up. Huh? So that's why Jesus came to get us out of this syndrome of guilt, fear, lying, blaming, cover up, alibi. Those things are not of God. You don't need blaming and alibis when the blood of Jesus pays for your sins. Huh? You can be shown up guilty, but not suffer guilt for it. Try it sometime. You know, ask God to get you to that place. Huh? Where you know that you know that you know your sins are forgiven. You know, this is such a cornerstone of Christianity. People, this is why the sinner hates the Christian. This is why the homosexual hates us. This is why the lesbian hates us. This is why the adulterer hates us. Because we can have done the same things and walk through life without guilt. Stain, hangover, heaviness, burden. We can go carefree and scot-free in life and they're still laboring under the burden of it. So they want to accuse us of things we've been forgiven of. See, they feel better if they can throw somebody else over in the pot with them. huh? So that's why you see the accusation that's loosed on the world today. It's all being released against Christians. Don't, don't ever doubt that. All this stuff that you see, uh, uh, me too. Everybody's been harassed and molested. Where they're trying to ensnare some Christians. Because see, sinners are guilty all the time. They can say me too all day long and their life never changes. But if they can get the Christian caught up in it, then they can wreck us because they know who we represent. 
So it's all trying to get, get back at God. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to be careful to always plead the blood. Always the blood of Jesus is our answer. I have to make excuses for, for that. But that person that did that has been dead so long, it ain't even worth talking about. huh? And see, that kind of report confuses the devil because he is the accuser of the brethren. He makes his living accusing us. So if he didn't accuse us, he wouldn't have nothing to do. So he can come and if he can get us caught up in the accusation, if he can get you feeling guilty again about something you've been forgiven for. Hello? That's how a lot of times Christians backslide. The enemy bombards their minds. You did this, you did that, you did yeah, devil, I did it. And guess what? Keep watching. I'm going to probably do something else. And get forgiven. Amen. And repent and get forgiven. Huh? Because that's how we live. That's how God designed for us to live. He designed for us to live sin free and we're going to do it one way or the other. If we had to mess up and get forgiven to live sin free, we will live sin free. He intended us for us not to mess up. But he knew we would. One way or the other, we will live sin free. Got me? That's our inheritance. And the devil can't take that away from you. Unless you let him sit up and listen to his nonsense. Continually talking about you. Talking about your rap sheet and all this kind of stuff. Or you cannot remember the former things. And let God do a new thing in your life. Everybody messes up. You know. Sometimes the church is expert at fault finding. You see it all over Facebook. There's ah, people in the church need it. There's so much wounded people out here. Well, if they don't know how to go to God and get them wounds healed, they need to sit somewhere until they leave, learn that and then get offended and leave. But nobody ever does it. They hop around and jump around and want to always blame somebody else for the fact that they won't, don't want to commit to God and trust God to move through his people. So they'd rather go out in the world and trust sinners. You get on Facebook and ask for prayer, you get 15 different answers and none of them scriptural. need to be in a church somewhere where you can learn how to find people you can trust. God will plant you in a local fellowship and he'll tell you can trust these people to pray for you. Stick your neck out and ask for prayer one time and try it and see if you can trust somebody. There's somebody out here. Everybody ain't wrong out here. You're not the only person that's right. People get crazy behind that kind of nonsense. Then they drift back into the world and there they are in the devil's clutches and still uh, accusing the brethren. So now they've taken up the devil's job in accusing one another. So he says, remember not the former things. Jesus came and gave his total life for us to have that ability is to not remember the former things. Philippians 3.13 tells us how to continue to run this race that God has us in 
with patience. In other words, don't give up. Don't call it quits. That's what patience allows us to do. That's why, you know, the Bible talks about patience being a perfecter or a perfecting work. Working perfection in us. Perfection meaning maturity. Meaning you're not a kid anymore in the things of God. Meaning you ain't phased when the devil shows up. You don't get all worked up and crazy and you know, go want to run to this town and that town looking for relief. You, you just stand your ground and wait to see the salvation of the Lord. So Philippians 3 and verse 13 Paul says this, he says, brethren, I count myself, not myself, to have apprehended. In other words, I ain't got it all together. I mean, I'm, I'm still working this thing out myself. He said, but this is one thing I do know. And this, that's our, all of our story. Nobody's here got it all together. We don't have all of the pieces of the puzzle. But there are some things you should know for sure. I mean, It's stuck in there and it can't be moved. That's what he means by that. He says, this one thing I do, forgetting things which are behind, that's the only way you're going to walk this walk with God. You've got to have a good forgetter in you. Forget your stuff and forget everybody else's too. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth. Into the things that are before. See there's always. With every reaching there must be a forgetting. Huh? If if you're going to reach for something. You you have to. You have to of necessity forget something. Huh? Um, Let me see. Come here. Britty, Britty, Britty. My little girlfriend. Because she ain't going to fight me. She ain't going to know too much about what I'm trying to do. All right. So you got to reach for something. Miss Nola, come here and hand her my can. You can't drink this stuff. Don't worry. You got to look at it. You can't come on over here. You can't drink this. Okay. So you're reaching for what she has. That's your future. You're still reaching. You're still reaching reaching you see what i'm saying if you don't forget what's behind this is what's behind her if she doesn't forget that every time you reach out for something new the past will come and stop you from grabbing onto it and see the pro amen and see the problem with christianity is that we fail to walk a walk that's blood washed every day so you always got this hangover what you did wrong trying to fix it up you got an explanation for everything that's how you know you got a guilt hangover Hmm? yeah stop and explain everything yeah tell everybody you know uh how god told you this and you know this and and that's the same lie you told last time you got in trouble just saying And see, excuse making, while normal for people in the world, is foreign for Christians. Because we have no past. What are you excusing? You have no past. You don't need an excuse when you're forgiven. 
Well, I'm going to say it again. I think it's news to some of us. You don't need an excuse when you're forgiven. See, you don't need to blame somebody for your failure to do X, Y, and Z. You'll wind up falling out with God. See, he'll be your problem in life if you keep making excuses when you do wrong. When you do wrong, acknowledge it. And ask God to forgive you. The blood of Jesus clean. You gotta you gotta depend on his blood and his blood alone. You don't need his blood and an excuse. You don't need his blood and something to go, that's just because you invalidate the power of the blood when you add excuses to it. Y'all can be new age if you want to, but I'm telling you what's gonna help you now. You got to stand naked before God, washed in nothing but the blood. You got me? Your clothes of excuses, your clothes of blaming, your clothes of not wanting to be responsible and wanting everybody else to be responsible for you. See, that's so common in the world today. People who come over here uh, uh, across the border illegally, now it's our fault. You got me? And there's, look at them people out there marching. They wholeheartedly believe that there's something wrong with this country. Well, if we so wrong, why they they risking their lives getting in here? Huh? And on top of that, why my tax money got to pay for them? I ain't ordered no illegals across no border. I ain't paying for none. You know, I don't blame people because you got enough of your money going for taxes already as it is. Are you kidding me? Should be trying to get more. The reason, how many of y'all go to a professional tax preparer? People didn't even used to do that as much as they used to they do now. They get the simple form, fill it out, take the standard D, and you're on your way. Now everybody's trying to find what they call loopholes, deductions, all that kind of stuff. Why? You want to put more money in your pocket. You don't want to give more out. And so the reason that's happening is because the United States is under a blame mentality. We're responsible. And the perpetrator's never responsible. Huh? Oh, they're so sad. They didn't have two parents. They didn't have this. They didn't have that. They didn't have enough food. You know, their little tummies grumble. In daycare, because they don't have enough food, because mommy doesn't know how to go to store and buy something cook. My mother fed us one meal a day, because that's all we could afford with an alcoholic father. Uh, well, I won't say. <laughs> I was going to say, I graduated second in my class or somewhere. Somewhere I was like that. I don't know. I don't even remember no more. But, but. My stomach grumbled every day I went to school because we didn't have breakfast. But that did not start. It had nothing to do with my head. My head worked fine. Don't get stupid. I learned one thing. I learned if I was going to get ahead in life, I was going to have to stay sober and I was going to have to work. And those two lessons never left me. So don't tell me what you can't do 
because of disadvantages. And especially if you claim you know God and you have relationship with God, are you kidding me? Everybody falls on hard times. For years I blamed my parents. I had to learn how to forgive them and not give in to the world's thinking of you're so disadvantaged because look how you grew up. You understand what I'm saying? There's a way you can love your parents but not adopt their habits, not adopt their weaknesses. Not, you understand what I'm saying? You learn these things once you get involved with God. And I learned how to look at every day as a new opportunity and a new way of life. Praise God. I mean, if you don't get nothing but that, you, you know, that's the cornerstone of forgiveness is starting out new and fresh at every endeavor. You'll need all this, though. You'll need people making excuses for you. Just leave me alone with God and let me determine between me and God where I'm going in life, what I'm doing. Just leave me alone. Got it? Need all that nonsense. Oh, look at all these poor men in prison. and They got all shows on TV showing how these people live. That's something you never want to be and you never want to see. I could care if I ever watched a prison program. Because you ain't supposed to be up in there anyway. You're supposed to ta- be taught to obey the law. Not be a lawbreaker. Well, some of them are there. Uh, they all eat innocent if you listen to them. Nobody in there done nothing wrong. But look at how they live. They cut up each other, fight each other, steal from each other. They didn't just learn that. If so, they should have paid more attention in school. Because they're real quick learners. Waste your time feeling sorry for Spend your, your, your efforts in the things of God. You know, people get involved with these kind of people and wind up at a loss for it. Got me? The devil's slick. Get you feeling sorry for these people who have thrown away many chances to be something in life. Find out many of them raised in Christian homes but never submitted, rebelled all their lives. And this is what they receive. Hey, you know, you have to be responsible for your own life. When you get before God, he's not going to talk about what your parents didn't do. You can't tell him that. He'll ask him, what did you do with my son? His blood is still on your hands because you didn't accept it in the pardon of your sins. That's why people in the world are so evil, because they're guilty. Blood guiltiness will drive you crazy. Shedding innocent blood will make you crazy. Huh? Y'all seen the, the, the JJ hats? Women are out protesting wearing? Do you think that's normal? That's not even sane. That's demeaning womanhood. Parading private parts. Like their public property, degrading how God designed you to make you unique. Get real, folks. We put up with too much stuff out here, and we just look at it and, and shrug and keep going. But people are insane, and God wants to keep that insanity off of His kids. And that's you, and that's me. Amen. 
So Paul says, in order for me to press forward, I've got to forget what's behind. You can't carry the burdens, the pressure, the knowledge of, and the reality of your past with you everywhere in the future. You've got to get rid of it. And the way God disposes of it is through forgiveness. Through you confessing your sins and the power of the blood washes, purges, gets it cleaner than clean. To the degree that you have no recollection of a wrong done. You have God's mind about your past. You have God's mind about your faults and your sins. You have God's mind about your future. So that word remember means to bring to mind. Don't dredge stuff up. An idle mind always looks for nothing but trouble. You ever notice you can be sitting thinking about nothing. and all, Nobody ever thinks uh, God's going to bless me with something wonderful and I'm going to go out and preach the gospel and win my neighborhood to Christ. That idea never comes to you. What you think about is, Oh, when I was three years old, I beat up little Tommy and stuck him in the closet for an hour. Nobody knows about it. Is little Tommy still alive? If he in the nut house, pray for him. You got me? From that little traumatic event. I was stuck in the refrigerator for I don't know how long. The devil's always trying to kill me as a kid. Every time they looked up, somebody was bringing me home. <laughs> you know, I, at least I was walking. Wasn't even I wasn't in no ambulance. Of course, they didn't call nine one one back in the day. Somebody hit you, slapped you. Girl, get up from there. Shook you back up, and you were you walked home, huh? <laughs> if my mother were alive, she would tell you that. She said, "Oh, Barbara." Ann. She kept, she said, you know, girl, I was so glad when your real teeth, your permanent teeth, permanent teeth, came in the front. She said, because them teeth in the front was all broke out from you falling all the time. Thank God for real teeth. I still got them. You know? I mean, we doing good to be here, a lot of us. Come on now. <laughs> So it means to, to bring to your mind. You have the ability to call up in your thinking what you want. That's why Paul said this word, forgetting. You have the ability to forget what you want to forget. Huh? You know, my, my husband delivered me from forgetting. My late husband. Huh? Delivered me from forgetting. Huh? Huh? He would tell me to do something. I said, oh, I forgot. That didn't last for two times. And I ain't going to tell you how I got delivered either. Huh? Children. <laughs> I'll do it when the adults are present. Huh? But you don't forget on people too much. Huh? Certain things you don't forget. Because you have the ability to remember them. Well, you do. That's why the Bible tells us. To think on things that are what? Peaceable, good, lovely, good report, praiseworthy, thankworthy. If there's any praise, anything, think on those things. 
and let God's peace reign in your heart. Don't let yourself be in turmoil all the time. Don't be quick. You know, people, uh, and I'll tell you what, what plagues people sometimes. This will maybe help you. If you have a tendency to search out a problem, say somebody gives you a conversation, and there's one problem in there and your mind gets stuck there, and you feed that, meditate on it, uh, that's the spirit of strife. See, you're looking to contend and so it grabs that real quick. It's like, <laughs> you can stop that and be a peaceful person because, see, what happens, your mind can all has the capacity to only handle so much or store so much information. After a while, it's going to spill out on the outside of you. On the somebody who doesn't deserve to get your spillover. You got me? So we can disconnect strife by changing thoughts. Just tell God, I don't want to grab every. How come I have to grab all the negative stuff all the time? I don't want that, God. Somebody can tell you about somebody who got an excellent job, won this, won that, and, and uh, you know, but they're waiting on something. Your mind will get, well, they ain't going to get it. You know? huh? So you can stop that. Amen? Number strike. And see, people get involved in that, and they like to argue, contend. Uh-huh. Got to win the argument. Got to have a last word. Got to have, you know, got to add something to the conversation. So Paul says he forgets what's behind. Why? Because you can't carry that with you. You need to be. And he talks about pressing. Let me see if it's in here. He said, I, and, and reaching forth to the things that are in front of me. You know what was in front of him? Beatings, floggings, arrests. But he was reaching for it anyway. I mean, just because it don't look good to you don't mean you can't reach for it. I'm going to say it again to the single people. Just because it don't look good to you don't mean you can't reach for it. Let's see, everybody single got scared and quiet. (laughs) Clutching their pearls. Oh, the vapors! I don't know how I can tell y'all. <laughs> no better than that. <laughs> you gotta look at the inner person. You gotta appreciate their aura, their vibe. Just trust God. That's all I'm telling you. Trust God. Somebody gotta trust God with you. You trust God with them. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was. <laughs> we scared. We scared, ain't we? We scurred. He says, let us therefore, I press toward the mark for the prize of a higher calling. The things of this earth that you're, you're holding on to in your mind are a low calling. Why? Because they're past. Especially if they're failures, they're going to trip you up at some point. You're going to trip on your own stuff that you carry. And so if, if you are pressing towards something, you've got to lighten your, your load. Runners are looking for, runners and swimmers, if you watch their attire, their athletic attire over the years, 
you'll see the progress of knowledge of aerodynamics because they got to know how to lighten everything so you can be faster, stronger, reach the mark more quickly, shave a tenth of a second off your time, whatever it is that you're striving for. And so you'll look and you'll see uh, how, how things have progressed. One of the games that doesn't seem to keep that in mind is the game of football. Why? It's a contact sport. But all the uh, uh, speed sports are paring down and trimming down, getting less and less clothing to hamper them and slow them down in their pursuit of the prize. Got me? And this is what God wants us to do, to get lay aside the weights and the sins that so easily beset us. You just let your mind tilt neutral for a minute and some past sin will come and, and sit up there. And you'll start asking God to forgive you again after you didn't ask him about 1,500 times already for the same nonsense. Because you think that's going to lighten it for you. But what's going to really lighten it for you is to forget it. Because it's going to keep coming up. Oh, if the devil can get you wasting your time asking forgiveness again instead of accepting it the first time it's offered. Just accept it. If your mind feels heavy and burdened, you say, God, I don't know what this is. Can you please show me? I got to get, I got to lighten this. I got, got to strip down, God, because I'm going somewhere. You know, I can't have all this heaviness on me and depression and ain't sure about this. And hey, ain't none of us sure. That's what faith is for. Huh? Faith causes you to press, press forward. I'm sure Paul, every city he went to, he was believing he wouldn't get whooped and wouldn't get arrested this time. But pretty much everywhere he went, he did. You got me? But his faith never stopped believing God for his best. Huh? He even asked God many times to take stuff off of him. Man. He said, three times I sought the Lord. What was delivered to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet my flesh. And that don't mean he went to Golden Corral. That word ain't buffet. Buffet means to contend with you or fight with you. Not slough it up at the... To buffet my flesh. Yeah, we wouldn't want to thank you. We would... One devil leaving. We would... That's a buffet spirit. Knew I'd get rid of him. Don't nobody touch this podium. No. Uh, <laughs> to remember also means to celebrate. Uh, just think, when you sit up and think depressed and feel sorry for yourself all day, you are celebrating your own demise. You're celebrating trouble. It means to keep, make mention, to boast, and extol. So whatever you remember, you are lifting it up in prominence in your life. You're making that first priority. My first priority is to make sure everybody knows how hard it is for me to get to church every time I go. Huh? This is a real thing. This is your habitual tardiers. 
I talked about this yesterday, but I'm doing it again today because we have habitual tardies both days. Bear with me because God wants to stop. Got me? You're holding up blessings in your life. You think you're, it's not important. See, this is the thing with blaming and excuses. It minimizes the gravity of your sin so you don't feel as bad. But God wants you not to feel bad through confessing it and asking for help to stop doing it. I mean, we're supposed to stop doing certain things. See, if you worship God and honor God, don't dishonor him by coming late to his meeting. I mean, what good did it do you get up and worship? See, we take away more than we give to God. We're so careful. We think we have to, oh God, if I gave everything to God, what would I have left for me? Now, did that sound as crazy to you as it sounds to me? See, if it didn't sound crazy to you, and see, it doesn't sound crazy to most of us inside because we're always so afraid we're not going to have anything left for us. I can't come to church on time because there's only one or two people there, and I can't sit up there and look like I ain't cool and I don't have nothing to do with my morning. So I'm going to breeze in there and give God a couple hours and breeze out again. Huh? We always got him on a budget. But see, when we get in trouble, we want the full force of, oh, his holy angels is uh, coming down. <laughs> and a rescue in me. And a rescue in a you. And a you. And oh, nobody but you. Not you. And you. And not you. And, huh? Oh, we want to call down. The arm it in. Huh? <laughs> See, we only know how to work in one dimension sometimes. You know, sometimes we just work in the dimension. Some people are good givers. You know, some people are, are good punctual. Not so good givers. You know, we, we God's looking for somebody who will love him like he loves us. He gave everything. Or we'd all be on the way to hell if he didn't give everything. If he held back, and he could have. We see that in the word. Father, if this cup could pass from me. But he gave it all. And see, that's where many of us live. We're allowing that cup to pass us. I'm going to say it again. We're allowing that cup to pass us. Instead of drinking the whole thing. There's some things that God's going to command you to do that are going to hurt you. It hurt your feelings. It hurt your pride. It hurt your image of yourself. Most of us think we do too much anyway. You can say amen without indicting yourself. Your sins are forgiven, remember? If we were doing too much, why are there so many people marching naked in the streets? Got me? So so the challenge really is to do too much and then some. 
You got me? In your mind, you do it all, and you do. You know, nobody does as much as you do that, and then some. See, that's that's where you find the mind of God. Because see, that's not God talking to you, telling you how much you do. It's you doing that. And see, so you let the devil get involved in that, and he'll wind up robbing you. Because then you start watching what everybody else does instead of judging yourself. You got me? Like Paul says, comparing ourselves with ourselves. Huh? I don't do enough for God. I sit and I look at those days Monday through Friday. And I study, I pray, I do the things that i got prayer partners every day. I do the things I'm commanded to do. And I say to God, God, there's got to be something else you want me to do with this time. Amen. It's got to be. It's got to be. And so, and it's coming. If you keep yourself open to God, he'll begin to show you the things that he wants you to add to. Paul said he's still pressing toward the mark of the high calling. Amen? A high calling is a totally spiritual thing. It's got nothing to do with what your plans are in the natural. It's totally spiritual. It's totally for God, totally for his glory, and totally under his control and his direction. So, forgiveness is a necessary component to making progress. If he makes all things new, according to Revelation 21.5, he said, Behold, I make all things new. That means that the good things that you've done have to be forgotten too. And this is where we have our problem. We'll do one or two things well or somebody will commend us because of, and we think we just, you know, oh, we can go sit on the throne then. You got me? So our sins, we know that our sins were too heavy for us. That's why we came to repentance in the first place. Amen? And it was refreshing to find a new life at the foot of the cross. And our sins are, and our guilt and all of that was released from us. So the same way that happened the first time you met God, you need to find a newness again. That's why he renews us continually. We need newness, not going over the old when one year ends and another begins. You need to forget that year and expect a newness. Ask God to bring that new thing. Bring me newness, God. I need to know fresh and new. So what does that mean? We don't need a guilt hangover from 2017. We don't need regrets, fears, or failures following us into the new year. And if you don't stop them, they'll follow you. The minute you get ready to step out and do something for God, the devil will say, remember the last time you tried that and it didn't work? Uh-huh. Yeah, devil, hide and watch. It's a new day now. Amen. Old things are passed away, devil. Behold, all things are new. We need to be refreshed and renewed in the spirit of our minds. Uh-huh. Refreshed and renewed in the spirit of our minds. We need to forgive ourselves if we fail to accomplish certain goals. We also don't need to blame anybody else for anything we did wrong. Quit the blame game and quit the guilt game. And confess. 
We need to forgive others and ourselves and not carry the past with us. You know, sinners know how to forgive themselves. Uh, Listen, I've been in Planet Fitness. I'm a four-peat dropout. Every January, that place is packed. You can't get in there. Uh-huh. That's why if I'm a join, I join like November, December, and then I can I can complain about, you know, I can judge all the, look at them, look at them, look at them. They sat up there and ate all that, ain't a bunch of sinners, ain't good for nothing. I can't even give a close parking space to the door where I go to exercise. Shows you how crazy it is. You're driving around for 20 minutes looking for a space close to the door. I got to get in there and exercise. Okay. Huh? Thank you. Nikki finally got it. So <laughs> I didn't want to quit till you got it. But by March, the parking lot's backed empty again. I said, look at them. Bunch of quitters. Quit joining if you ain't going to stick with it. Till it's my turn around June. Huh? But they forgive themselves on the exercise machine until the guilt comes again three months later and they quit again. And these exercise places make their living understanding the patterns. They start advertising around, mm, start getting cold out there, enjoying the no judgment zone. huh? They don't judge you because you're too busy judging yourself. No greedy thing. I tell you not to do that. And so by March, the guilt devil has won out on everybody and they give up. Trust me. That's how it works. The devil bombards you and bubble. Look at you. You were supposed to be, uh, uh, your biceps were supposed to be uh, 55 inches by now. Look, you're only 51. Look at you. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And so the devil bombards you and talks you out of, the, you know, the devil does work for Planet Fitness. Because, see, now you got it automatically out of your, Right. Every month. And then you keep telling yourself for another four months that you're going to go back. I don't, don't stop the membership. You got to go back. Huh? See? 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 Huh? That's because we don't forget. See, in the world, you have no power to forget. You can live in what the world calls denial, but there's a side effect to denial, and that is you stop. Denial works in a blanket format, not a selective format. Consider your brain has different compartments in it. See, God's forgetting can take one little compartment out of that square and heal you, where denial blanks out the whole thing. 
So you stay in denial, you forget who you are. You forget how to do your job. You forget how to love your family. You forget a lot of things because denial, anything that's, that's a, a defense mechanism that's carnal and, and natural tends to work not in specific areas, but in blanket areas. That's the way the brain is. So you're liable to put your brain out playing around with denial and pretending like you didn't do certain things and then defending it to the death. You know how some, you, you, you take your kids when they're small. I oh, don't say nothing to him. He argue you down about that. See, he's a good candidate for denial. Denial works in certain illnesses and disorders like alcoholism and drug addiction. I don't know what I did. I blank out sometimes when I, you got me? It's very common. And so, and that's because the natural man can't do the work of the Holy Spirit. Can't do that selective work that will take that part of your brain and heal it and bring it back. There's evidence, spiritual evidence, that, that devils get sections of your brain when you get involved in certain things. Occult spirits will have uh, uh, demons capture portions of your soul and control those. Well, see, God knows how to go in there and heal that and make that whole again. Make that fragment of your brain come back to you and make the devil drop that and leave it. Amen? And leave it alone. And so you can't do the work of the Holy Spirit in the natural. See, the natural man... Blaming and excuse making are really uh, a substitute for true repentance and forgiveness. See? So when you don't pick up, if you're using one, you're not using the other one. See, if you're constantly leaning on the fact that you didn't have this and you didn't have that, and that's why you're so screwed up, instead of allowing God to forgive you and you forgive whoever you're holding responsible for it, you're not taking advantage of the power of the blood to forgive you, wipe it out, and heal you, and make you whole. So you're taking a temporary, you're putting a Band-Aid on a, a running sore that's expanding, an infected sore. God will take that infection out and heal you if you'll confess it. And you'll quit blaming, quit making others responsible for your shortcomings. You did that. You take responsibility and God will forgive you. He'll, he'll forgive you and you'll confess it and he'll forgive you. So, so Planet Fitness, don't go till March. You won't be counted with the transgressors. <laughs> yeah, won't be counted with the transgressors. Amen. So, and the reason that happens, repeat offenders, because nothing is made new. Now, you can make all the resolutions you want to and, and agree to meet all the buddies there you want to to exercise with you to keep you encouraged, but you still got to do it yourself. Amen. Amen. Psalm 51.10 is really our answer where the psalmist asked God to create a clean heart in him and renew a right spirit. There's a right spirit and a wrong spirit. The Holy Spirit is the right spirit. Amen? He says, and, and to line your spirit up with the Holy Spirit is the right thing to do. And that's what the psalmist is asking God to do. 
there is a need for cleansing and renewal if we're going to enter into the new year properly with God. Old things must be reckoned dead if we are going to come alive to what God is doing that is new. That might mean leaving some things that you thoroughly enjoyed that were God. We look at Abraham and Isaac, but there's teeny Isaacs around all the time in our lives. You know, God gave Isaac to Abraham as a promise. There are many things that God's promised us, but we get them worked into our lives the wrong way. Too attached to them. Won't let God have them back to perfect them. Won't lift that person up to God so that God can help them and heal them. We kind of keep a hedge around them and and God's between them and the hedge. You got that? And so it's very easy to get caught like that. And and that thing becomes your Isaac. You got to let that thing go and really trust God with it. We go through that all the time. Sometimes it's that way with your prayers. You got to have something so bad. Huh? Oh, if I don't don't get it up, I ain't going to be here tomorrow, God, I'll show you. I'm just going to lift myself up out of my skin and not show up no more. I'll fix you. You better give me what I want. Huh? (laughs) You need to lay that Isaac down. You got me? Just go take a knife and kill him. Huh? (laughs) <laughs> Put a dagger in his little heart. Well, you know, that that's what we do because, you know, we don't go as far as Abraham. He lifted the knife up. When he lifted up, he saw the ram. He said, oh, yeah. He said, that's because he had seen already in a vision God raising him from the dead. You got to see God raising your children from the dead. You got to see God raising your finances from the dead. And you can trust him with anything, but you've got to have a vision of him raising it up for you. If you give it up to him and you think it's gone forever, you've just done the devil a favor. Amen. You're going to have to wrestle it out of the devil's hands. Yes. Amen. You understand the difference? Yes. See, when the prodigal left the house, his daddy gave him the money. He said, yeah, okay, you can have it. Did it in full assurance of faith. Why? The Bible says he saw him coming off while he was yet a long way off. The long way could have been when he left. When they leave the house, you got to see them coming back again. Or you're cooperating with the devil. Because see, before they leave, they could really be a thorn to you. Not throwing no shade. But, you know. <laughs> Get me off your kids. Don't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, he does that so you can disconnect in the wrong way. Get on out of here. Don't come back. Oh. Of course, some of them you need to do that. <laughs> Don't come back here. You know what I'm No, I'm messing with you. But, but you must see them. See, when you do that, you release them to God's care when you see them returning. And when I say return, it can be physically to the house. It could be back to your heart, back to the will of God, back to obedience to God. Whatever it is, they are trying to escape You have to see them returning. Sometimes you let them go in anger. Go repent. 
go say, God, I'm sorry. I was just, I was upset. Kid pushed me the, the umpteenth button this time. Amen. And so you, you have to see them returning to God. See them returning to covenant with God. And that's what the father saw. That's why he didn't let him come back and be a servant. Don't let your kids come back to you and be servants. Don't hold them at arm's length. You got me? Embrace them. Get them back into your heart. So there is a need for cleansing and renewal if we're going to enter a new year. Put these things away. You must let old things die. Amen? Even old prayers. Sometimes your prayers have gotten wound up in your brain and you don't even know what you want anymore. God, let me give this back to you because I didn't goofed it up. Cleanse it, renew it, return it to me in the condition that you want me to have it. Because I know if I trust you with that, it'll come back right. Amen. We have to get to that point in God where we really, really trust him. Sometimes, you know, you can be believing God for something for so long. And he's trying to tell you to let go of holding on so so tight. And you hold on even tighter because you're scared to let it go because you think if you let it go, that means you don't want it anymore. And for some of you, it might be true. You need to let it go anyway. And let God have it and say, God, you know what? If this is you, you'll bring it back to me the right way. It won't drive me nuts that I don't have it. It won't be, I won't be wanting it so fast to get it off my list, my prayer list, so I have to pray no more and believe you anymore and look at people and they think I'm stupid because I'm believing you. We need to stop that. That's a devil. You know? Listen, I'm for everybody that, that wants to be married. I want you to be married. I wouldn't make fun of you for anything because you're not. But you've got to understand how to believe God. It's more about you learning how to believe God than about what you want. I don't care what you want with your faith. I'm here to help you use your faith for anything that God wants you to have and you want to have. You understand me? Quit listening to the devil telling you people are watching you. You, you listen. You ain't that deep. Uh, seriously, you ain't that important. None of us are. But see, we'll get that I'm on display mentality from the devil. Huh? Doesn't that sound like him? I will exalt my throne. And he's trying to exalt you with him to get you to fall and mess up because you keep blaming people for the fact that you're not where you need to be. Get, get, just ask him to create a clean heart, renew a right spirit in you. No, don't, don't keep going AWOL. If we allow God to renew our spirits aright, we will forget what or who held us back and failed to help us. Forget all of that. Going into the new year without burdens, weights, and anchors is how God wants us to live. No doubts, no regrets, no fears. But we must make plans to correct that which ensnared us. God wouldn't be God to let you keep going making the same mistake again. So he'll bring it up in a way to help you correct. You get a do-over. In fact, you get a lot of them. He'll pass you 
just because you're too tall to sit in that chair no more. You know how they do in school. It's, he didn't got too big for the sixth grade. We'll put him on and put him in seventh. That chair fit, put him in there. We don't get that with God. You have the divine opportunity to do it over again and get it right. No doubts, no regrets, no fears. And guess what? When you get it right, right, righteousness takes care of everything. You get it right this time. That takes care of all the years that the canker worm, the locust, the, them years get restored back to you so fast. You sit up, you sit around people. Say, for instance, you've been single for 35, 40 years and, and you get married at 40. If age 41, you sit up, you look like all the rest of the married people has been married like 15, 20 years. You know what them hard won tread marks are? <laughs> Doing hard time. Double digits up in the, <laughs> up in the big house. You start looking, you look just like them other people sitting out there. This, huh? Then a year ago, you was feeling odd. Odd man out. Huh? Going into the new year without burdens, weights, and anchors. That's how God wants us to live. No doubts, fears, or regrets. No fears, folks. Because fear is what keeps most of us from stepping into the new thing. The new year requires a new mindset. You cannot move forward by looking backwards. You got to keep everything in plain sight in the forward vision. Leave the past behind. God has a glorious future for us. God always has a plan for us. So the New Year is a good time to find out what's next in his plan. It's not like the plan is new to you. This is the thing. When we hear something that we've heard before, we tend to minimize it. But we need to maximize every time God speaks to us. Time with God is time well spent. Sometimes we're burdening out of sorts because we forget that God is in charge. See, that's a sure sign you need to do some forgetting because you've taken over charge now. You've forgotten God is in charge. Talk to God about your incomplete visions. So if there are some things that God has promised you that have not come to you yet, and we all have them, you're not the only one. Talk to him about incomplete visions. Refresh visions that are yet to be completed. In other words, get a fresh new perspective on the old thing. Tidy up your outfits with a new accessory. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) A vision not realized is not a failure. Make the devil quit talking to you about it. It's not a failure. It's just a vision not realized. Sort through emotions connected with the past. There are certain things that you feel about your past. And the good emotions you can hold on to, but the negative ones, you've got to weed those out. God, help me get rid of this. Help me to look at it the way you see it. God's not regretful about anything. Men, he's always able to bring fresh life to everything that he gives us. 
Find out if you're at peace with yourself regarding your accomplishments. Stay out of the gym. I mean, that's for non-peaceful people. We go there as a last resort. Now, if anybody's like me, I told myself, you don't have to cut back on them goodies. Just go to the gym. Huh? That gym is like the cross, man. That takes care of everything you done done wrong forever. Huh? I've been there so many times, and I still don't get purged, and I don't get cleansed, and I don't get thin. It's a problem. Nor do I get any stronger, to be honest with you. So you just got to work where you can work. Let God resolve these things for you. What hurt me, what I was always looking for, and this was all my life, to be honest with you. When I was a thin slip of a girl... Thank you for the yeah, but I can move on now. Huh? I, I controlled my weight by depriving myself. You binge purge. Well, I didn't purge purge, but you know, binge and, and starve. And, and that's the way I did it. Well, when I got saved, I thought, <laughs> I starving? Look at all this fried chicken. And cake on the same day? Excuse me, I'm saved. You know what I'm saying? It's, you find out who you really are. Huh? So I had to quit being hurt because I couldn't eat as much as I wanted to and still lose weight. That's all it, you know, really. So you just have to do what God says. Okay, cut back. Don't do this. And once you accept that, then the self-control comes as much as I'm going to use it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. But you know what I'm saying. It'll, it'll eventually come back to you. You need God's help. Amen. He was waiting for me to ask him to help me. Not Planet Fitness. So I can give that whatever in the offering. You see what I'm saying? So, so if you want to do more, decide that with God. What things do you, will complete your joy? That's what you need to get at. The things that will complete your joy need to be renewed. And what are you willing to do to accomplish those things? If you're not willing to do much, talk to God about it. He can make you willing and obedient. Amen. You're not to be willing and obedient without his help. God's plan is to focus on the future with new mercies extended daily to you. Lamentations 3. I think it's 23, 22 and 23. Resolve to put God first. Spend more time seeking him, his company. Developing your spirit more. See, the problem with things we need to forget is your flesh is involved in them. You need to develop your spirit more. Seek his plan for you and your loved ones. And your church and your friends and your ministry. Seek him for all those things. Just be open. Start writing things down. God tell me, what's your goal for me in this, that? And he'll start speaking to you. We have not because we ask not. Amen. But he will give you his plan for you in your new year. Amen. All right. Why don't we quit. Father, we thank you for allowing us. Amen. Happy birthday.